it's all this weird childlike imagery that's coming for them. It's so disturbing. Yeah, Bergman. A lot of fun at parties. Oh, man. I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> and welcome back to Gateway Film Center for Fright Club Live in Columbus, Ohio. We should add a new rule to that. First rule of Fright Club now is that the PowerPoint works. Because <laughs> if you've been here the last couple, we've had some technical difficulties. And we're glad to have that ironed out tonight. So, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, this is this is big because it's a big week of activities in Columbus. So, thank you for uh, choosing to spend your Friday night with us. We got a great movie. We've got a, a fun topic of Swedish horror, and we actually have a bonus tonight before the feature. We've got a great locally made short film coming up. We're going to probably start doing that. We're going to show short films in advance of the feature film. and um, But really, and the movie, that the one we're going to show tonight, and it's called uh, Spencer Plus Penny Forever. It's real short. But it's so delightful that the fact, true, this it's not really horror, and I don't even care. I'm like, m all people must see this. Yeah. So, and then we're hopeful that filmmaker Eric Basso is going to join us. He had he's a comedian, and he was performing tonight as well. So, let's hope that that traffic from across the street has died down, and he can probably get here. And but he's I, also a member of the cast in our film Obstacle Corps that uh, is showing here all this week it is. at Gateway Film Center. So we're go go to see it. <laughs> I know a few people have. Yeah, <laughs> That's a few right. people have tonight. That's so thank right. you so much. It's here. It's here all week. We appreciate that. But fun stuff. Oh, we do have to say, and I guess my my T-shirt is kind of in line with this. In the last week, we lost a a giant in filmmaking, not just horror, but uh, with the passing of uh, William Friedkin. And um, that got a lot of people, of course, this past week, not thinking of The Exorcist and all his films. But you know, I was going to wear this anyway mm -hmm. because I, I had mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago that I was my, my T-shirt, my horror T-shirt game was weak. And a lot of people here that come, it's strong. So I had to get better. So she got me a couple, and this was tonight. Yeah. And as it works out, <laughs> as it works out, this picture comes into play with That's one right. of the films that we're talking about it tonight. It does. So it shows up in one of our movies it's tonight. It's a beautiful circle that comes together. <laughs> so, um, And as, as sad as it is, and it is, to have lost Friedkin, who was so great. I mean, and, like you said, not just The Exorcist, but I mean, even later career stuff. Killer Joe is just one of my all-time oh, favorite movies. Love Bug Killer is Joe. such a great movie. I mean, he made so many, so many great movies. But my favorite thing has been people remembering what a just magnificent asshole he was in interviews. I know. That's been my favorite thing. It's just all these little clips of these interviews that Friedkin would give when he was just could not possibly have cared less what anybody thought of him. That's been the most fun. And also, if you haven't seen it, came out, I don't know, two, three years ago maybe maybe more i think it's still on shutter there's a documentary called leap of faith it's all about just the making of the exorcist and it's obviously it's a, a nice deep dive inside that film but also it gives you a really nice peek inside his creative process yeah. in general so if you haven't seen that that's great that it's on shutter hey man thanks for coming back leap of faith that's on uh, shutter now so check that out so the last time, our last episode, our friend Dustin Meadows joined us, and he brought his friend, uh, filmmaker Allison Locke. She yeah. was super cool to talk to. Dustin also, always super cool to talk to. Don't want to just glance over that. And they came with the topic of sieges in horror movies, and that was really fun. And it was really, really hard to pare down because it, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty ripe topic for it horror. It is, yeah. So we, we all had to do some sort of gymnastics to like narrow down our focus, but that was a super fun podcast. It but 
also, great Allison has a film streaming now. It, and it, yeah, it's uh, it's streaming in a whole bunch of places. It's on Shutter, where where we saw it called The Apology, and it's not a it's not a siege movie. It's more it's a little bit like a home invasion movie. A little bit. It's really tense. It's really well done. Janine Garofalo, who I love, right? Uh, she's in it. But the whole cast actually, yeah, it's just a, it's a great movie that you guys should definitely check out. And Seth kept us honest as always. He would have liked to have seen. So first of all, Grabbers, which is a Fright Club film. We've shown that a movie. A favorite, yeah. Yeah, it's a favorite. That that shows up in a lot of our lists. So I, I'm surprised that I didn't even think about that one because that's a great option. Also, though, one that I've always toyed with putting on our, our actual screening list is Splinter. Yeah. That's a nice one. And Thumbs both up. of those, yeah. because um, The Mist was on the list... And both of those films have a very The Mist kind of a mm-hmm. feel about them, you know, where you just like glass around you and stuff. So anyway, those were those were good thoughts. Seth, good thoughts. Thank you for sharing as good always. Good thoughts. But tonight we're talking about Swedish, the Swedes, Swedish horror. That's and right. uh, we've got five good ones and really a great one to show. Hi. Welcome. Come on in. Uh, tonight's our classic, by the way. At least once a year we do a classic film. Yep. So tonight will be, uh, be that and we'll get to that. But real quickly... Before the five that we like the most, how about a few that we like a lot but didn't quite crack it? Yeah, I mean, it's a funny idea. There is just an absolute shit ton of great Swedish horror films. Like, Because, first of all, they started making them in 1920. So it's a, it's a lot. It's a big catalog to choose from. And one of them that I, I want to just sort of single out is called Evil Ed. And I'm singling it out because it's a horror comedy, a full-blown horror comedy. The Swedes, they're not funny. So this is a really strange film for them, but it's it's it almost has like a New Zealand quality about it. That's a really fun one. Also, The Circle and Elena, those are both relatively recent, and they're be- definitely worth watching. Wither and Frostbitten. Of course, Insomnia, the original, the uh, with uh, Skarsgård, the father. That's a really good one. And then there are two sort of classics. One is... Um, I don't know, Seth, if you've seen this, but it's got you written all over it called The Sensuous Sorceress from 1970. I have not. Yes. Ooh, homework. That, yeah, homework that's for a Seth. And then the one that was closest to making the list is, is from 1921 called The Phantom Carriage. But there was another 1920s Swedish movie that we went with, so I thought, well, we're not going to have two. So that was my runners-up, all of them well worth watching. Okay. And by the way, for the people that have just been coming in and didn't know, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're here from MadWolf.com. <laughs> and if you didn't know, we do this Fright Club podcast and uh, movie screening once a month, second Friday of the month here at Gateway. We've been doing it for how many years now? Six. Six years. And uh, love to have uh, you guys come back. Love to see new faces. Uh, keep in mind, we also have a Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. We'd love to have you join if you haven't already. And uh, we always have a great time. And, of course, we want to get you, after, after we show the film, come down and give us your thoughts. Because once we get... To talking about that film on our list. We won't say much about it because we don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen it. Uh, but come on down after and we'll talk about it. So with that, you want to dive in? Yes, Since I do. Since the PowerPoint is working right. in all its glory, let's start with number five on our list. And this is our another classic. This is from 1922. It's a fictionalized documentary showing the evolution of witchcraft from its pagan roots to its confusion with hysteria in Eastern Europe. It's Haxon. Okay, so that's the new video from Tool, and it's, <laughs> it's really rocking. 
And uh, no, I love that movie. It's such a, a, a cool and interesting movie because the first, I don't know what, half hour, 45 minutes is almost like a lecture. And you yeah. think, what is this? And then yeah. it switches to all those fantastic images. And to, to remember that it's from 1922, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it's also, uh, it's just gorgeous. Once they get past, I mean, the, the opening part is a lot of, they show you, they close in on art, actual art. And they talk about, like, they'll circle things and talk about, you know, what is was representing in terms of sort of the medieval concept of Satan and Satan worship and all these things. And it's interesting, but it's a little bit of a yawn. But once they get into the reenactments, First of all, they're gorgeous. I mean, you can see clearly Bergman was influenced by this movie because the way that they use light and shadow in this is insane. But then they get into like the sort of satanic orgies and that's, yeah, their Satan is so great. He's always got his tongue out and he's got this fucking butter churn. I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> but it's very unnerving. <laughs> so it's, I wish that song was in it and that would have really, that would have kept my attention a little better. But still, it's, it's just, it's just a fascinating movie. At the time, this had an estimated budget of up to 2 million Swedish kron. At the time, it was the most expensive film produced in any Scandinavian country. So they went all out. And also, if you remember, any fan, fans of the Blair Witch Project, remember their creators of that movie, in the movie, it was Haxon Films. Mm -hmm. So obviously a tip of the hat to this movie. But this is just fascinating. And it's public domain, so it's free on YouTube. And the one, I just rewatched it the other night. And the print is not bad, really, on YouTube. So that is number five. That is Haxon from 1922. Uh, let's get a lot more recent for number four on our list of Swedish horror. This is from 2019. As a couple goes on a trip to find their way back to each other, a sideshow artist and his shady entourage emerge from the woods, terrorizing them, luring them deeper into a maelstrom of psychological terror and humiliating slapstick. Coco D, Coco Da. This is a wild movie, and I remember so well when it came out a few years ago. It was a big, must have been a busy week for our reviews, because sometimes when there's just too many movies in a week for us to review, we have a few other writers, and we had another one of our writers, and they came back and gave it, what, five stars? Yeah, I and think And I think, so. we're like, holy crap, we got to check this out. Yeah. And then we finally did, and I, I, I loved it. Yeah, it's an incredibly disturbing, it's just an incredibly disturbing movie that just, that just toys with you in the most sadistic way um and it's a it's a time loop so they just keep waking up again and one of them almost kind of remembers what's about to happen yeah. and just is on edge like wait a minute what is what is and it's really you know it's a couple and they're they're sort of dealing with grief and they're dealing with the fact that they kind of hate each other and they're not sure exactly what to do about any of this and so this sort of nightmare reality just keeps invading their space in the most phenomenally brutal way but because they're 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 tr they're mourning the the death of their daughter it's all this weird weird like childlike imagery that's coming for them it's so disturbing and fucked up but yeah. really really good and it's such a, a mix of of different uh, themes because you've got the the grief and these people are really going through some serious personal shit but then you've got the slapstick and you saw like the silhouette puppets and that guy who's like a sideshow barker is always just so happy yeah. there's so many of these contrasting elements and somehow he's just like where the hell am i is this yeah. hell yeah I mean, yeah uh and it's it's funny at times but it's surreal and also very very creepy and definitely worth checking out. Uh, I guess it's Coco D. Coco Day, what yeah. they were saying it. So uh, Swedish horror, that's number four on our list from 2019. Very cool and very, very uh, weird and fascinating. 
Number three, this is another weird one. This is from 2018. A customs officer who can smell fear develops an unusual attraction to a strange traveler while aiding a police investigation, which will call into question her entire existence. It's border. We're actually going to play this film later this season. So if you haven't watched it, don't yet. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's a movie that also uh, don't read up on it because, right. it, you know, there I, I read a number of reviews of it that just spoil something that really shouldn't spoil. So um, so we're not going to spoil anything oh, about it. But it's funny because actually, like the main storyline isn't really typical horror. What's horror really about this movie is this B story that they that that just it runs through the whole movie and they just never fully address and it is the most the single most horrific thing that could possibly happen ever under any circumstances and it's just like ugh, like over there like ugh, that you know I guess that happened then right and um and I found it so disturbing because like on top of it is this kind of a fractured fairy tale, lovely romance mm -hmm. that's going on. And it's right. a gorgeous movie. And it's the guy who wrote Let the Right One In, which is an all-time favorite of ours. And it's incredibly well-made. And it was nominated, this tiny Swedish movie that nobody saw was nominated for Best Makeup that year, yeah. Oscar. And the one actress you saw in the, uh, in the trailer there, as you could tell, there were some heavy makeup effects going on. Uh, she not only gained weight, but she spent four hours in the makeup chair every day. And you're so right about that. It, it, it made both of us so mad when it came out because one of the reviews that we looked at not only spoiled it, but spoiled it in like the headline. Yeah, in like so the title of the review. So even if you didn't want to read it, I'm like, how can you do that? Yeah. Because it's a major piece of discovery in the movie yeah. and people were taking that away from audiences who hadn't seen it. So yeah, don't read up on it. Just come back and see it with us in That's a few right. months. <laughs> and that, but yeah, it's, like you said, it's kind of steeped in a little bit of folklore but at the same time, very, um, very now, you know, and, and mm -hmm. romantic and, and sad at the same time, but definitely worth worth seeing from 20, 2018. Yeah, that's Border, our number three. And speaking of, well, as we just were, up to number two on our list of Swedish horror. This is from 2008. Oscar, an overlooked and bullied boy, finds love and revenge through Ellie, a, be a beautiful but peculiar girl. Let the right one in. This it. one comes up a lot. Love it is it. really just an incredibly wonderful piece of, of cinema. We talked about it not too long ago when we did one on bullies because it's one of the oh, greatest. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the we'll, we'll do a swimming pools in horror at some point. <laughs> this will be the number one. Yeah. It's the best swimming pool scene Spoiler. ever in any movie. Um, and it's just, you know, and it's so, it, it's a really lovely story about, like, sort of out, outsider friendship and outsider love. And, um, uh, but also, it's it's so cold. It's one of those movies that you watch it and just think, I'm freezing also. Who cut that boy's hair? <laughs> and should he be left with that person? I think there's another parent that maybe would look out better for Oscar. Oh, wait, is that? Could that be a countdown? Bad haircuts? <laughs> Bad haircuts in horror? That would be what? Yeah, I love this movie so much. And the film actually takes place in Blackburg, a suburb of Stockholm. But the principal photography, speaking of the weather, 
was shot in Lulea, the north of Sweden, to ensure there was enough snow and cold weather. And we've talked a, a lot of horror movies that are set in the cold. To see blood, you know, the red blood on the white snow is such a, a great really look. And this one, <laughs> it really pops. And just the... You know, it aids the story, the, the isolation that just everybody's just hunkered down and kind of uncomfortable uh, all the time. And this kid is so lonely and bullied, and it's a perfect avenue for the, the young predator to come in and take him on as a friend and a new. And some, it's, she's somebody that he needs, and he's somebody that she needs or is going to need in the near future. Yeah, and we've said before, the American remake uh, was also quite good. It, it is. Was, it was very good. It was very, very well made. One of the things I like about the original, um, besides the cold, is there is a, 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 like a 1980s political sort of theme to it that's very specific to, to Europe at the time that I, I, I think is a fascinating thing. Also, there's more um, really angry cats <laughs> in the original than there, than there are in the remake. Yeah, but the remake, <laughs> Let Me In, was called, oh, it was called, and yeah, I thought it was very worthy. And it actually, was good. bloody, I think it was more outright bloody, we more carnage about that. We than, about than the first one. But this one is, this one is superior, but it's, it's really good and, uh, and takes such good use of the, of the surroundings as we talked about um, for number, yeah, number two. Let the right one in from 2008. Yeah, we got a movie to show, so we got to get rolling. So let's go up to number one, and obviously we haven't talked about it yet, so this is the one we're going to see tonight, so we're not going to talk about it much. This is a movie while vacationing on a remote German island with his younger pregnant wife. An artist has an emotional breakdown while confronting his repressed desires. From 1968, Hour of the Wolf. Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. The hour in which reality becomes a mockery of madness and masks hide behind faces. The hour of all final moments. Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. A diary of truths and lies like truths. So this is the one that we're going to watch tonight. And as usual, we're not going to say too much about it. But we always like to know how many of you have seen this one. Okay. A few. A few. Well, by all means, come on down uh, afterwards and talk about it. Because this one, Ingmar Bergman always uh, leaves you a lot to discuss with his underlying themes, and as you saw from a little bit of the trailer there, just gorgeous, gorgeous oh my black God, and it's white. so gorgeous. And, uh, and of very, course, Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow and Liv Allman, favorites of uh, Ingmar Bergman uh, for many years. But um, it's just, it's a fascinating film, and it's another one, I, I think, we talk about horror movies, maybe some people may not be horrific enough for their liking, but there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's, I think it's for sure supernatural. Oh, and very much so, yeah. And it's incredibly creepy, and uh, obviously it's just beautiful. It's just gorgeous. The performances are amazing. Um, uh, so I'm excited to see it with you, and, uh, and we're excited to hear what you think of it afterwards. One hour and 30 minutes later. Yeah, Bergman. A lot of fun at parties. <laughs> 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 but it's always very, I mean, it's always very psychological yeah. with him, obviously. He was working out a lot of his own, a lot of his own issues in his films, clearly. <laughs> That's right. I think that might be where he started, where Lynch got the idea. Hey, you know what Bergman did? <laughs> and you know, watching it this time, you know what a lot of the, uh, like the, the hangers-on, the partiers crowd, reminded me of the, the crowds in uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yes, you know, yeah, the way it I was, totally just, it was always in their face and just always uh, kind of uh, yeah, in their space, yeah, the yeah. way it was presented. I think this is incredibly sad 
movie and and yeah. uh, that it you know it, it's punctuated by Liv Ullman's character Alma talking directly to the camera. Yes. You're not even sure who exactly she's talking to. What uh, who you know is, is it the baby? Is it is it like the police? Is it like you're never sure who exactly she's talking to, but I remember especially the first time I saw this movie, which was like a thousand years ago, when she said to him as they were sort of taking an air at the party, and she said that she could count the number of times they had kissed. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I thought that was the saddest thing I'd oh. ever heard in a movie. Also, I hated him because he was going through all of this to have an affair when his when she was so nice to him all the time. And the thing I like more than anything, as George will tell you, is sleeping. And the fact that she would stay <laughs> up all night because he had bad dreams <laughs> and then he was going to go bone this corpse at this party under this blanket with all these people watching. Yeah, I hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it also reminded me of? Didn't Max von Sydow always seem old? I mean, always. Even, even when, even in The Exorcist, and I know they made him up to be older, but in The but Exorcist, he was like fifty-four. I th- he was like forty-four. Oh my god! So here he was like thirty-nine years old. Yeah. He just always seemed like an like like an old man. He did always seem like. I'm an old sorry, man. my mind was wandering. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're really right. Uh, th- there was such a, you know, she and she talked about it at the end there. How about she's. When a woman loves a man, becomes him. She was yeah. so devoted to him, and uh, just early on, when he uh, in the first few minutes when he came back from from painting or whatever, and he just all of a sudden he was so cold to her, and she didn't understand. Yeah, there's a tremendous melancholy, I think, in this movie, and then. You know, the it becomes so chattery as soon as they go to the party. It becomes just so, yeah. like, you know, very off-putting. And and, uh, and and then, you know, they would pan this group of these horrible people and just, just pause on her for a second. And always these close-ups in her face. God, Liv, Liv Almond is just such an amazing actor, such such an expressive face. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, um, it, it is, it's just the saddest film. Uh, it did remind me a lot of that mother exclamation point movie, and then also I'm thinking of Lee ending things, the Charlie Kaufman thing. Obviously, oh uh, yeah, the character dynamic <laughs> ends up a little bit different from that. But I, I almost kind of it's not until like she kind of absorbs his shame and guilt and whatever at the end. Like up until that point, I'm I kind of thought I was like, oh, this is. Selfish, uh, selfish guy, pity party. But then the the fact that like it it moves on and even she's unclear whether it's like literal or not is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that uh, thing of ending things. That that uh, by the end of it, you're like, what what did I even just watch? Did I watch a straight narrative? No, I don't think I did. Yeah, for sure. But mother, I love that analogy so much. Um, um, mother, uh, I think is a, a really underrated horror movie Mm -hmm. and i think it was the movie that made me the most uncomfortable ever and every time they were like (laughs) sitting on that washing machine and she would come in she's like don't sit i just was like i'd be like god jesus just get off the fucking washing machine (laughs) (laughs) and and what you said a little bit earlier about when she's talking you didn't know who she was talking to. And almost any time a director does that, he's bringing you and oh, exactly, looking right yes. into the camera. Yeah. No matter who she's talking to, she's bringing you into this. But I think you bring up a good point about who who in the course of the narrative is she talking to. But I think that that's effective because it's so easy to become, I think, separated from the narrative mm-hmm. that he just would bring you back into it periodically. Like, here's the one. Here's the one character you like. Here's yeah. the one that you can relate to. She's talking to you right now. Don't leave her. Don't abandon her. Enough can't be said. 
obviously for just how beautiful and encapsulating it is. He really knows what he's doing. Like he, of course, experiments with his film work, but also they really know what they're doing with film. Um, but um, I also wanted to say that it uh, a much more recent parallel. Uh, the way that they depict his anxiety as being the th fear and the horror actually made me think of Bo is Afraid, just because oh, same yeah. exact thing. His anxiety, is fear, and horror. Except obviously that movie pushed it a lot farther. But I love that he can um, he can sh show you so much without really showing you anything. And yeah, that's yeah, a good nice. that's yeah. a good analogy because a lot of people viewed Bo is Afraid as a horror film. Yeah, uh, a, a lot more than I think I did, but I can see that. I can definitely see that. Good point. Well, that part, I mean, to be honest, where, where he goes back to his apartment and that guy wants to kill him and he just wants to cross the street and get, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's very, that's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it that was very horror film. Yeah, but it's the, the whole massively anxiety, anxiety trip. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, man, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> the the surreal experience aside, I thought the um, sound design was very, very jarring in some places. It's really just like these huge, loud bangs just come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you smash cut to another. And the like, bird, crow. the bird the was bird. very loud. And pigeons, pigeons, the freaking rats from wings. <laughs> so, um, I thought like the the sound design was very effective, uh, along with all the uh, you know surreal visuals, and it's just like. I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> I do. I, I agree with you. Design, the sound design was glorious. I love too how often, just a couple of times where you ceased to hear what they were saying. They were still talking, you know, but they they stopped subtitling it, and all you heard was like this cacophony of stuff that you're not supposed to be hearing. Mm -hmm. But you you had no idea what they were saying, which really you know emphasized that what the fuck is happening. No one knows. You don't know. And it was also the sound design. Yes, and it was also just. Strikingly beautiful. Some of the oh, shots, it was, it was all cool. of a sudden, of it, was, yeah. it was some some sort of mundane or generic shots, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, wow! Look at that. I mean, it's black and white anyway, but look at the use of shadow, light and shadow. Um, beautiful. And I love that just just this one time, out of nowhere, a guy walks up a wall. <laughs> like you know, like you you're completely not. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeously shot, and also it's absolutely the only time in the entire film anything yeah. like that happens. Just all of a sudden. Okay, you're about to go have sex with a woman that I've been having sex with for a long time, and I'm gonna walk <laughs> up this wall, and it's but it's so and I'm gonna hear all too. about it. <laughs> and then, he, and then you know, and then Max Fonsito, he looks around, all smeared with makeup, like, what are these people doing in here? The guy just told you one minute ago. He just told you he was going to be there. Why are you surprised? Why are you cheating on Liv Ullman? She's so nice. She to you. is so nice. She's, She's got so soup. <laughs> She's got soup. <laughs> And she keeps, she's a good accountant. She keeps the books. Yeah, that's right. She's an excellent accountant. <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. And looking ahead to a month from now, yep. we're going to have another uh, edition of, of Fright Club, our September edition. Again, yep. it'll be the second Friday of the month. Off the top of my head, don't know what date that is, but... Yep, the 8th. September, September 8th. 8th. There you go. We're going to show Prevenge, which is hilarious. And we're going to talk about jilted lovers in horror. And in the meantime... Our film, Obstacle Corpse, is playing all this week at weekend and through the week at Gateway. So please come and see that. And again, uh, before we show the film, we're going to start with an absolutely delightful short film that we were talking about earlier. A lovely movie called uh, Spencer and Penny Forever. And Eric Basso, the filmmaker, is here. Thank you for coming. 
<laughs> Thank you for letting us show the, the short. Yes, thank we you for loved sharing it. it. We did love it so, so much. Uh, so, yeah. As did everybody. It's, it's won multiple awards, and we're very excited to get a chance to show it. So Yeah, so that'll be first. That. That'll be first, and then Hour of the Wolf. And uh, in the meantime, you can always find this podcast once it's edited and uh, all of our reviews and everything on our main website, which is madwolf.com. You can also find us on uh, Twitter at Fright Club Pod. We've also got the Fright Club Podcast group on Facebook, and then the uh, usual page on Facebook and Instagram is Mad Wolf Columbus. So lots of ways to get in touch. We hope you will. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. You guys are awesome. Short film first. Eric, thank you for the film. Thank you for coming. And then Hour of the Wolf, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Thank you.